all these labels, they're great because it helps you describe yourself to other people. But at the end of the day, I just know that I'm me. You know, I know that non-binary is what fits because I'm just like, I wake up one day, I want to do this. I want to dress this. I don't have to fit a particular category, you know? And even when it comes to my sexuality, I'm like, I'm queer because I love all sorts of people, you know? So pansexual is something that aligns with me. But overall, the word queer just wraps up my whole, my sexual. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of Black, LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm here with a very special guest from Kenya, y'all. From Kenya. We got Magic with us. Magic, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. What's up, everybody? I'm super, super excited for the conversation that we're about to have. Awesome. Well, Magic, we're going to jump right in. We're going to just just get right into the business, right? So let's let's go back to your... your, um, When was the first time you were faced with your sexuality so like what was the first time you were kind of like oh no man I I might I might have something here when was that experience for you I think the first time that I realized that I wasn't straight was in middle school when everyone had crushes on like other boys or like because I had like a group of girlfriends and they they would always talk about like oh I like blah 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 I like blah 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 and I'm just like None of this resonates. Actually, I'm not really vibing with that. Right. <laughs> y'all like, <laughs> that part, literally that. I was just like, y'all fine as hell though. Let me <laughs> find out. Like, <laughs> and I think from that point, that's when I started like questioning myself. But that was, so that was middle school, which was like, I don't know how old, 13, 12. Yeah, you don't know about. I'm sure it's, it's school system the same as, as it is in US. So like, here we go into sixth grade about 11 about yeah mm. sixth grade is about 11 12 yeah I was in school out there in the U.S. I actually okay. just relocated back to Kenya um this year so a couple of months ago actually oh nice so you're middle school so what's what's your so just to get that timeline when um mm-hmm. you were born in Kenya when did you come mm-hmm. to the United States so I was born in Kenya in 94 when I was 10 years old I moved to the U.S lived in the east coast for pretty much 17 years and then I decided to come back this year nice what, what sparked the uh, desire to go back so many things I think the virus being locked inside for so long and like having to sit with yourself and just ask yourself like is this really what I want to do like you know because it's always been a thought in the back of my mind and it was just one of those things where I was like okay after two years of essentially lockdown inside you know no more performances no more going out I was just like what is really keeping me here like what's actually keeping me here because you know we came here with the idea of chasing the American dream but working that nine to five is not really the the rat race that I'm trying to be in forever let me let me go back home and see what's happening over here nice nice that's awesome I'm sure I'm sure your family's happy to uh, have you back around and stuff like that um so you kind of had the first like okay I think I think I might be into the ladies um when did you actually come out 
Um, I think high school is when I came out. There's no like one defining moment where I was like, all right, y'all, I'm a whole ass lesbian. It was more so like in high school when I started dressing differently, when I started, you know, flirting with other girls and other girls started flirting with me. It just kind of happened on its own. The people started with the rumors like, oh, is Faith, you know, gay? Is she this? Is she that? Is she that? And I was just like, you know, in the words of Gucci, bitch, I might be like, <laughs> I, just, I just let him talk about I love it. <laughs> so you know, there was no, right? There was no like one big, like, let me stand up and tell the class, you know, but it was just a series of like different things that kind of like set off the alarm for the people around me. Yeah. How'd you present? Did you wear like feminine clothes or was it kind of the, uh, the combination of like what your parents bought you and like a few of your own, you put the twist, your own twist on it. So it was like still <laughs> feminine clothes, but like, I'm gonna cut the sleeves off and like, you know, I'm gonna do my own little thing with it. <laughs> it was definitely more masculine. Cause once I got to high school and I had a little job or whatever, I could actually go shopping oh, for myself. Yeah, man. And that's when I started shopping in the little boy section at Macy's mm-hmm. and JCPenney. So then that was kind of my thing. And then after that, I just grew into a really androgynous style. So pretty much dressing however, but finding a way to put my own twist to it. Yeah. How'd your family respond? Like in the, you know, as much detail as you want to, but just like, what was the process for you like telling your family? And, um, and then also how uh because you were in the states at the time but i'm sure you know being uh what i think is a first you know first generation immigrant right um Mm -hmm. your roots are in kenya how how was that for you so my mom the way that things happen in like african communities is one person starts to talk and then blah 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 parents talks to your mom So it was actually, I didn't get a chance to tell my mom because someone else had already told her like, oh, your daughter's going to prom wearing a suit. You know, we've noticed that she started dressing differently. We think that she's a lesbian. So then like that whole conversation was had without my consent. And it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot because my mom was very upset. Like, I think she went through like the five stages of grief, like denial, like you can't be doing this to me. Like, why are you doing this to the family? Like, I didn't raise you like this to like, you know, sadness to like, you know, I don't even know there was, she definitely had to process things on her own, but culturally, you know, her being raised in Africa, in Kenya, like it's very taboo. It's very much so like, these are things that people don't talk about, like their sexuality period. Cause you're supposed to be, you know, young girl, you get married at like 25, you have kids and then you raise the kids. Like there's no conversation about any deviation. It's not, it doesn't even that. come into play. It's like, this isn't even something we need to talk about because this is the plan. Like everyone does this. So, exactly. but are there gay people in Kenya that even if they uh, are in the closet or can't talk about it or be out, they exist, right? They surely do. They very much <laughs> exist. Like even culturally, there are different cultures which men used to marry men or women used to marry women. So culturally, like if we go back in history, there are traces of like just non-hetero lifestyles. And it's actually wild because like a lot of the continent of Africa, like there's this whole belief that like homosexuality is un-African, like this is all Western ideas. And it's just like, you, you do know that we were colonized and the Bible and all of this, all these ideas that you hold aren't even your ideas. Like you're not even talking about what's culturally 
you know, accurate to you and your people. But, you know, people are very, very dead set on their beliefs out here. Yeah. Did you have any, um, was there any uh, reservation or feeling of, did that come into play when you decided to go back home? Uh, yes and no. Cause the way that I look at it is like, I'm not safe in America as a queer black person. I'm not safe anywhere, you know? So it's just one of those things where it's like, would I rather struggle with my people on my own soil or, you know, fear for my life in America while I'm just unhappy in general. So the safety factor was something that I definitely thought about. And it was just when I weighed the pros and cons, I was like, I'd rather be with my people in my culture, closer to, you know, the rest of my family, closer to my roots and just grow from there. Cause there is a very, like, there's a thriving community out here of like, just queer folks. There are many different organizations that are working for the, the for them to push the movement forward. So I was just like, let me go fight over here. You know, if, if I'm going to be fighting against my own will, let me at least pick who I'm fighting next to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Choose the community. Yeah. It's big. That, that makes, that makes a whole lot of sense too. Um, so drag King, you, uh, I, you're the first person I've even seen that I didn't that uses that talk about what that is obviously I know you know I've seen drag queen and RuPaul's Drag Race and I live in LA so I've been to like a bunch of uh drag shows and stuff like that um but never heard of of, of a drag king so talk uh-huh. about that so the art of drag is just a large conversation on gender and you know art is subjective so it means something different to everyone but essentially a drag king is a woman or a femme or female identifying person who plays on masculinity in whatever form. Um, So my persona, Magic, was born 2017, um, which is like five, six years ago. And it was just like, it came from a place of when I was searching for myself and I was like breaking free from like being the closeted, you know, young, afraid, queer with like super social anxiety and stuff like that. I was like, I like dancing. I can't sing for shit. So like, let me just find a way to get on a stage and dance and like put on a performance. And drag came about, yeah, I went to a couple of drag shows and I didn't see any kings. So I could just, I only saw drag queens because I lived in DC at the time. So like, I was just like, I know we have to exist. Like, there's no way, there's just no way. So after searching and searching and searching, I finally found some kings and I was like, all right, I'm gonna take on this challenge and push myself to do this new scary thing. And then from there, you know, magic was born and I never looked back. So 2017. So when was the first time you put on like the whole, the whole get up, the mustache, the whole thing? That was February, 2017 is when I put on the beard and I stepped on my stage and I performed at a brunch. Yeah. Brunch in DC, I think acre 121 the place is closed down now like but that was the first time that I put on a whole ass performance in my beard and whatnot (laughs) how's that how's that experience for you it was scary you know to have all eyes on you to have cameras pointing at you like it 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 takes a lot to get on the stage and like pretty much bear yourself you know in front of strangers and friends alike so yeah what was was that How's the process? Like, how do you come up with like your set, like what you're going to do and stuff like that? Um, so for most shows, they usually have a theme. So like if you're doing a brunch, they usually want like upbeat, like crowd favorites because everyone is like eating. It's daytime. If you're doing like a night gig, they probably want something 
you know, sensual, sexy, or there's some comedy shows. So they ask for like funny uh, drag numbers or there's usually a different theme that the producer will tell you ahead of time. Like, oh, I'm having a show on Valentine's Day. Can you bring something related to that? Or like, oh, it's Halloween. I want to do something scary or along that line. But it's usually the people at the top tell you this is where the show is going to be. This is the audience. We want it family friendly. We want it or we want it kinky or we want whatever. And then I just listen to all my playlists and pick something, put something together and then uh, get on stage. Nice. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. So you do. Um, do they have uh, uh, is there like a drag king culture in Kenya as well? Now there is. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> when I came out here, I was like, I'm not going to leave my art behind. So we're actually, I'm working with an organization out here to put on um, a drag king show, which is going to be two weeks from now. So we've been doing trainings. We've been, you know, I've been teaching the different people about like what it means to be a king. We do have some drag queens in the production as well. But um, yeah, I very much so decided to like plant, plant the seeds and, and water the seeds. And anyone who's interested, I'm like, y'all come along. I'm going to teach y'all all about this thing and then watch y'all go be great yeah nah, super dope what about um so i, I watched the uh episode i think a two, two, about two episodes of um drag me king so how did that get started those are those are like your friends that you y'all came together and, and put that show together so drag me king is produced by what a weekend which is a queer trans owned um youtube entertainment company so it was arrows who reached out to me to ask me like hey we like your art we want you to host this thing and i was like sure so that's when that that idea was pretty much born from arrows wanting to shine more light on the drag king community because there are so many of us but like like you said it's rupaul that like when you look up drag it starts with like rupaul and then everything else is like drag queens drag queens in the city drag queens here and then after like, you have to like go digging to find the Kings. So Drag Me King was born when Arrows was like, listen, I have the budget. I have the idea. All I need is a few Kings. And then we showed up, we showed out. Yeah, and that's that was pretty, pretty cool. That. That's pretty yeah. cool. I think just being able to find community is just so important, uh, especially on this journey, because you, you know, a lot of times for most of us, you know, you, you, you kind of come out to your family, you go through this whole process. And then there's the process of like self-discovery of like, okay, now I've come out. I know that I'm not hetero, but there's all these mm -hmm. other things that I have to figure out about myself. Um, and so I know that you are pretty open about that, like self-discovery process and like figuring out, you know, what it means to be me. And one quote that I found on, you know, in my Instagram digging that I thought was really cool uh, that you quoted was, uh, the more I cultivate a home within my body, the more I realize how genderless I actually am. Mm -hmm. So super powerful quote, but what has that process been for you with self-discovery? So there's been a lot, a lot of unpacking and like going within self-reflection because I think the more you dig, the more language you have, the more like ideas you come across, the more you begin to like, you begin to reflect that on yourself. So when I first, you know, started dressing differently, I was labeled as a lesbian and I was like, I mean, I guess that fits. And then after a time I was like, I don't really fit into the lesbian community because like 
the masculine dykes are, are expected to act a certain way in relationships. And the more, you know, the more I hung out in like lesbian spaces, I was like, there's this separation of like, here are the femmes, here are the masculine folks. We want the mask folks to act like this. Like they're the ones that's supposed to pay the bill and do this and do this. And I was like, there's a lot of heteronormative shit even within the, the L community. And I was like, I wanna dress differently. So I, I remember one of my partners telling me that like, if she ever catches me playing in makeup or something, something along those lines, I was like, that's gonna be it. And then we would get into fights because she was like, you're not aggressive enough for me. You're not this. And I was just like, yo, I didn't know that, you know, this label meant this to you or to other people. And the more I dug, I was, I was just like, you know, all these labels, they're great because it helps you describe yourself to other people. But at the end of the day, I just know that I'm me. You know, I know that non-binary is what fits because I'm just like, I wake up one day, I want to do this. I want to dress this. I don't have to fit a particular category, you know? And when, even when it comes to my sexuality, I'm like, I'm queer because I love all sorts of people, you know? So pansexual is something that aligns with me. But overall, the word queer just wraps up my whole, my sexuality, my aesthetic, my attraction, my romantic attraction, my, all the things, but it's, it's definitely self-discovery is, you know, you're, you continue to come out to yourself. You continue to learn more. And the more you dig, the more you're just like, oh shit, I didn't even know this. Oh shit. I didn't know this. Like I'm still learning things till this day, you know? So it's something that I just, once you start that journey, you kind of like, you just can't stop. You know, there are people who are like in their 60s, just not realizing that they're trans. And it's just like, yeah, there's no one way to come out or to do things or to figure yourself out. It's just a forever thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Awesome. Um, two more questions. One mm -hmm. is, um, if you had a theme song for your life, what would it be? Um, I actually have a song. Cause somebody asked me that question and I found the perfect song. It is called, where is it at? I have a whole playlist of like mood songs. It's called 444 by, where is this chick at? I can't say this name to save my life, but it's Gayathri Krishnan, but it's 444 by Gayathri on Spotify. Y'all should look it up. It's a great fucking song. Was it about? It's essentially talking about like energy. It's talking about like who this person is as a person. So she's talking about like, I just want to do something great for myself and my family. I just want to do like, I want to put out this energy into the world. And I'm like, that is what I want to do. Like, I don't, I just want to, you know, spread love, be joyful, leave a legacy behind, you know? do some leave something great for me and my family and like that goes for like the whole community where it's just like you just want to do good and be good and change up shit that needs to be changed for sure for sure all right last question one piece of advice you have for somebody on their own queer journey hmm i would say create a safe space within yourself like, I know we often seek out safe spaces. We often look for places where we can be ourselves. But your first home is your mind and your body. If you're not aligned here, if you're not happy here, 
you're never going to find peace in the outside. You first have to create that environment for yourself. So that means like not judging yourself when you wake up feeling, you know, dysphoric or you wake up feeling all these different feelings that come with being queer. Just try your best to make sure that your mind, your heart, your body, your soul are as peaceful as can be. And then I think that's, that's really, that's really it. Create peace within yourself and then you'll find it all around you. Yeah. I love that. All right. Tell the people where they can find you, any upcoming events, anything that you want to share. You can find me on Instagram at mx.magic with a J. So that's M-A-J-I-C. On YouTube, it's Magic Dyke. On Twitter, Magic Dyke. Facebook, Magic Dyke. And that's pretty much all my social medias. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming um, and joining us today. Um, glad that you were able to get back to, to the motherland, to Kenya, and bring in, you know, drag king culture there. And uh, good luck to you and everything that you continue to do and how you contribute, continue to contribute to the queer community. We greatly appreciate that from you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for these conversations. And thank you Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Y'all already know. It's another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host. I'll catch y'all on the next one.